what's wrong with being confident isn't a question. It's actually a declaration. And the reason it's a declaration is when you understand what the word confidence means, it makes sense as a follower of Jesus. In fact, people who follow Jesus should be the most confident people on the planet because the, the word confidence comes from the Latin words confide, right? Which means with faith. In other words, we have access, if we're followers of Jesus, we have access to a power that the average lettuce and tomato person on this planet does not have access to. If you understand that with faith, we can do all things, that all things are possible for those who love Jesus. In fact, Paul said that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He had this revelation that there is nothing that a follower of Jesus can't do if Jesus has called them to do it. But what's also important to understand is the reason that Paul was so confident that we should be confident is he understood that without Jesus, we can do nothing. And so our revelation of confidence starts with a revelation that, that, that we are nothing and can do nothing without Jesus. But that Jesus doesn't leave us there, that He gives us the power to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But if you've been following Jesus for a while, you will understand that there's a gap sometimes between what we can't do, what we aren't experiencing and the frustrations that come with that and, and a lag between experiencing the victory, taking hold of the promise, seeing that come to reality in our lives. This, this waiting period. Waiting sucks. Tweet that. When I was young, I had some uh, asthma as uh, many uh, young kids do. I've long since outgrown it, but I had some asthma. And so there were uh, multiple occasions where my panic-stricken parents would bundle me in their Holden Gemini and, and, and get me as quickly as they could from High Wycombe to Princess Margaret Hospital into the emergency room while I was gasping and, and fighting for a single breath. And, and, they would, and they would carry me or escort me into the emergency room any time of night, any day of the week, whenever it, it happened. And the triage nurse would, would, would see me and see them and, and ask for a, an explanation of, of, of what's happening, although I'm sure it was plainly obvious to the triage nurse. And they would say, would you please have a seat and wait over there and we'll get to you when we get to you. And I can't help but imagine that those words, would you please wait and we will get to you. Please take your son who's grasping for air and just wait and we'll get to you when we can, undefined period of time would have been some of the longest minutes of my parents' life. I, I can only imagine that, that while they were sitting there with me, someone else came in whose condition, situation, issue was more dire than mine. Even though we got there first, that triage nurse had every right to say to this next person, you can go straight through, the, the, the medical team will see you now. 
So not only does waiting suck, but seeing other people leapfrog us in the line while we're waiting, well, that sucks too, right? Can we be real this morning? I'm gonna get super real this morning. And I'm talking with you this morning as somebody who's experienced the gap between the promise and seeing that promise come true in my life. Now, this morning, the team uploaded or shared an article to Elevate Church Facebook page that's uh, titled, God is not ignoring you. Now, I do not want you to go and look at that now. All right, eyes here. But I strongly encourage you to read that this afternoon. No, God is not ignoring you. And here's a little excerpt from the author of that article. Just because you haven't gotten an answer doesn't mean God doesn't hear you. You've prayed and prayed. Your journal is full of dreams and visions where God has confirmed what He's put you on this earth for, but you're waiting. And then one day it happens. The promise and promotion that you've been waiting on comes to pass but it's placed in the hands of someone who isn't you. Someone who you don't feel has been waiting as long as you have. You ever been there? Promise from God, dream, vision, glimpse of your future, and then you've had to wait. Prayed to God for something. Something good, something noble, something in line with His Word, but then you've had to wait. God, I've got a health issue. I need You to to heal me of that, but you've had to wait. God, I've got an addiction in this area of my life. I need You to help me. Give me the strength, the courage, the determination, the resilience to break that addiction, but you've had to wait for the the delivery from that addiction. Maybe it's it's been a career issue or, or if you're a business owner, a business issue where you said, God, I need you to bless my business. I know you've, been, you've called me to this business, called me to this job, called me to this career, but, but I'm stuck and I need you to, 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 to get the breakthrough in my life, but you've had to wait. Ever been there? Waiting sucks, right? Oh, we can't say sucks in church. Yeah, you can. <laughs> we do real, right? Maybe that's... You right now, you're in the waiting room. Maybe right now you've been praying to God to help you overcome anxiety and you're still waiting for that breakthrough. Maybe you've been praying to God for a relationship breakthrough, something that's going on in your marriage or with your kids or with some relatives and Christmas is coming up and you're gonna have to sit next to them for... (laughs) And you're giving God a deadline, December 25, buddy, 10... 53 a.m., please. <laughs> Maybe you've been, it's, a, it's a friend or a family member or a colleague or a neighbour that you've been praying to, to make a decision to follow Jesus and yet you're still waiting for them to experience the reality of Him in their lives like He's come to be a reality in your life and you're still waiting. And these are really great prayers to pray. These are really appropriate prayers to pray and yet God's, either made you wait or is currently making you wait. And I may have said it already, but I'll say it again. Waiting sucks. Pop open your Elevate app and uh, hit the Bible and it'll take you to Daniel chapter 10. Now, how many of you just uh, 
get an idea of how spiritual you are. How many of you joined me this month to read through Daniel's chapter one through 10? I know you did, Louis. Okay, Jess, Neil, four, four spiritual people. Uh, oh yeah, Rochelle, five. Okay, good on you. All right, and me, six. There's still time. This is week four of a series called Stand. Next week, we're gonna continue and finish the series next week. Um, and really, these are stories of courage that we've been teaching around from, from, the, from the life of Daniel. And uh, week one, uh, Tanya Watson uh, opened up talking about standing out and, 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 and set the scene of early in Daniel's life where King Nebuchadnezzar had, had destroyed the temple in Jerusalem and had taken captive um, the, the, the teenage uh, uh, boys of that area and, and brought them into captivity in Babylon. And Daniel was one of them, aged around 14 uh, at that time. And, 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 and he, when the temple had been destroyed and when he and his uh, fellow Israelites had been taken into captivity, he began praying to God for two things. God, number one, rebuild the temple. And God, number two, set us free from captivity. And as you read through the book of, da- the book of Daniel, the 10 chapters, you'll see that, the, that that's the central narrative. We've picked out stories of courage. Uh, Daniel refusing to eat uh, food that, that he felt would, would, would defile him in front of his God uh, in week one. In week two, Daniel uh, standing up to the, to the king and confronting him. Uh, and, and the courage that that took. Uh, last week, the story of Daniel being thrown into the lion's den and, and the courage to stand, trusting that God would, would, would protect him and ultimately deliver him. Today, I wanna talk about standing in faith because what happened is, is that first uh, week when Tanya talked about standing out, Daniel was around 14, 15 years old. When it came to him confronting the king, he was in his 40s. Last week, when he was thrown into the the, the lion's den, Tanya taught on that, he was in his 80s. Now I'm gonna pick up the story in chapter 10, which is the last chapter of the book of Daniel. He's now probably pushing close to 100, right? He knows that the clock's well and truly ticking. He's still praying the same prayers that he started praying when he was a teenage boy, now that he's in his 90s. And God still hasn't answered that prayer. Daniel is still in the waiting room and he's been in the waiting room for about 80 years. But he hasn't let go. He hasn't backed off. He hasn't quit. He hasn't lost his faith that God will do these things. But there's a sense of urgency because not only is he in his 90s, also this is the last chapter of the book. So that's meant to be funny. So for he didn't know it was gonna be in a book. Uh, this is just him living his life. Uh, so it's now or never. God's either gonna say yes or no, but not, not yet ain't gonna wait, hold true anymore. So here's what Daniel did. He did what he always does. He went to God in prayer. And I'll come to that in a second. Before I do, I, I wanna say something that I've said from this stage many times before. God's delays aren't always God's denials, okay? God's delays aren't always God's denials. But here's the thing, God always answers prayer. 
But the answer is not always yes. And some of you may have grown up with the notion that, that, that if God doesn't say yes, it means He hasn't answered your prayer. No, He always answers prayer, but He doesn't always say yes. He's got three responses. Yes, no, and not yet. And He'd been saying to Daniel for 80 years, not yet. And Daniel had been saying to God, God, waiting sucks. You can read that in chapter nine. And the fact that many of you haven't read it means I can get away with telling you it's in there, but it's not. And in fact, this time of waiting is not useless. This time of waiting is, is not irrelevant. In fact, this time of waiting can be incredibly profitable. Sometimes God makes us wait out of preparation. He, gives, he, he says to us, not yet, because you're not ready. And there's something I want you to do in the waiting room. And it's not reading 15-year-old No Idea magazines. There's, there's, because the promise doesn't always leapfrog the process. Sometimes the, de the destination, the journey to your breakthrough involves you actually going through some stages that, that, that are gonna prepare you for the breakthrough. If you have an addiction, God sometimes, sometimes magically waves a wand and taps you on the shoulder and bam, never wanna smoke again. Bam, never wanna watch porn again. Bam, never wanna get drunk again. Sometimes that happens. I, I know people that, for whom that's happened. But other times it's not a magic abracadabra moment, it's a process. It's, it, it becomes something that you're gonna have to build into your life and build around your life and build character and, and build the sort of relationship structures around you that are gonna see you ultimately delivered, ultimately receive the promise and the breakthrough. But God says not yet because there's some preparation being done while you're in the waiting room. Sometimes the, in the waiting room, God puts you in the waiting room for your protection. Little Isaac, Mrs., Mr. Kombucha, he, uh, he's two and change. And um, he's going to swimming lessons. But he's not going to swimming lessons at the back break at Trigg. On his own, he's going to swimming lessons in the, in the very uh, ankle deep, shallow 35 degree germ infested waters at, at, in the kiddie pool with the mums who don't put their, their hair underwater uh, and therefore don't need anti-chlorine shampoo. Um, but if he could string more than Zia juice together, he might say, Mom, I wanna, I wanna go to Trig and, and get some real swimming on. And Mum says, not yet for his protection. The writer of that article says, yes, waiting sucks. See, even she. And waiting can make the promise look like a lie. But the waiting is where the promise takes shape. In the waiting, we find out how much we really want the promise. And I wanna let you know that seasons of waiting do have an expiry date. The triage nurse won't keep you in the waiting room forever. So, Daniel, having been waiting for eight 
plus decades did what he always did. He, he started praying. And, but in fact, he dialed up the intensity because he had a growing sense of urgency. And instead of just praying, he started praying and fasting. He eliminated certain foods and, 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 and said, for the next three weeks, I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna fast. He even declared that he's not gonna bathe for that three weeks. Now, I'm a big advocate for fasting. We as a church have fasted on multiple occasions and we've seen God do some breakthroughs, but on none of those occasions did I ever recommend not bathing. And, 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 and so just understand that, that fasting and not bathing are not synonymous, understand? Okay, so if and, and when in the future, God calls us to a season of fasting, it will include bathing, okay? Just, just, just understand that because otherwise. So, so Daniel started, he, he was on this, you know, the sense of urgency um, came around and, and God actually gave him a vision. This is a man who'd been waiting for 80 years to God, for God to do two things, rebuild the temple and, 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 and let him and his, his uh, fellow Israelites become free from Babylon. And God gave him a vision. So that's cool. Only problem is that the vision was one of war and pain. And Daniel thought, that doesn't sound like the sort of promise I've been waiting for. And so he's fasting and, and praying to God, what, what does this vision mean? And this is what happened. I looked up and to my surprise, this is after the vision. And he said, God, what is that all about? I, I looked up and to my surprise, I saw a man dressed in linen with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body was hard and glistening as if sculpted from a precious stone. Now, I should add at this point, uh, Bible experts don't know who this, this man is. Uh, some say, you know, it's one of God's kind of heavyweight angels, like one of his, his uh, El Capitanis. Um, some, some Bible experts say that this is, and the, and the big, uh, the big uh, expert word is the pre-incarnate Christ which means it's, it's Jesus who, who, was, who was already in heaven, but, but, he, but he popped out in front of Daniel for a bit, but, but, but he hadn't yet at this point in history come to earth in, in, in body, which, which he did 2000 years ago. This, this, this person could very well have been Jesus, but not Jesus in, in the flesh. Um, my theory is looking at this description, that his body was hard and glistening as if sculpted from a precious stone is that this, this was not a pre-incarnate Christ. This was actually the pre-incarnate uh, Brandon Taylor who, um, uh, that's just my theory, but, but look at him. What a, what a specimen, what a specimen. Cause I mean, look, seriously, you, you, if you're not convinced, let me continue with the description of the pre-incarnate Brandon Taylor. Um, <laughs> podcast listeners, just uh, type Brandon Taylor into Facebook and uh, his face will be radiant. Um, his eyes bright and penetrating like torches. His arms and feet glistening like polished bronze and his voice deep and resonant. He was riding a longboard skateboard and he sounded like a huge choir of voices. I, Daniel, was the only one to see this. The men who were with me, although they didn't see it, 
were overcome with fear and ran off and hid, fearing the worst. I've highlighted these two, just let me just add in a little bit of bonus content, is, is this is a reminder that not everything God shows you, God shows other people. Which, which, which goes to explain why some of the promises that you've seen for your future, some of the, 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 the uh, revelations you've had for what God has planned for your future, when you've explained it to people, some of your friends, some of your family members, they haven't understood it. It's because they haven't seen what you've seen. It plays out in everyday life. Rochelle and I were, were talking the third song that she led brilliantly, I might add, had all the feels. Uh, her first time leading, first time leading, first time leading, great. She, she said, when I heard that song, I'm like, I need to lead that song. And, 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 and music and worship, that's when I feel the most connected to God. And, and, and yet someone else might think, I hate that song. That's not, not hate Rochelle's version of just the song in general. Some of you don't even like singing anything. But that's also okay because we're wired very, very differently. And you'll experience God differently than the person next to you will experience God and, and be at the closest to Him. And, and, and that's okay. Um, the problem is, and some of you have experienced this while you're in that waiting period, you'll understand and, and you'll relate to this. This is what happened. Daniel left, was left alone. Waiting sucks, but waiting on your own sucks even more. After the appearance, abandoned by his friends, and he went weak in the knees. The blood drained from his face. But then I heard his voice, Daniel said. At the sound of it, I fainted, fell flat on the ground, face in the dirt. One thing that I've learned about the waiting room is that the longer you're in the waiting room, the more probable, I won't say it's true for everybody, but the more probable is hope can fade the longer we're in the waiting room, yeah? That, that courage can wane the longer we're in the waiting room. And, and, and whilst we may have started standing in faith, we sometimes find ourselves like Daniel, growing weak in the knees, growing faint and, 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 and falling to the ground, losing strength to continue standing. And of course, the problem with that is that we don't, if we quit in the waiting room, we won't ever receive the promise because it's a little bit further along the journey. Then Daniel said this, a, a hand touched me and pulled me to my hands and knees. And this right here, this is a picture. And this is one of the many, many examples you find, we find in, in God's Word about the nature of God. That when God reaches His hand down to us, it's never to push us down. It's never to hold us down. It's always to lift us up. God extends His hand time and time again to lift us up. And some of you might not be aware of this, so let me catch you up. This picture of the nature of God was a picture that God underlined in my heart 10 years ago. And God said to me 10 years ago, while I was still uh, part of the leadership of Riverview Church, 
that one day He would call me to lead a church and that, that I was to call that church Elevate Church. That the name Elevate comes from this picture of the nature of God, that God's nature is always about lifting people up and that our name, Elevate Church, even by definition of what we're called, is that we will be people who our nature is to reflect God's nature and to be people who lift other people up. How good's that? So welcome. And you don't come to Elevate Church, you are Elevate Church. When God, when we're down, God's reaching to lift us up. And 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 this picture of God's nature is the very reason why it makes no sense when you're losing strength, when you're feeling like quitting, it makes no sense to run from God. <laughs> In fact, it is the worst thing we can do. Run from God. Try to try to get out of his reach. Nah, nah, you're not gonna catch me. I'm gonna quote from that same article. Waiting, remember the article is called No, God Isn't Ignoring You. Waiting should build our faith, not destroy it. If you're finding that the waiting is causing you to harden your heart or to pull away from the presence of God, I encourage you to examine your thoughts and beliefs about His character against what's written in the Bible. Daniel, the pre-incarnate Brandon Taylor said, man of quality, listen to my message and get up on your feet. Stand at attention. I've been sent to bring you news. And when he said this, I stood up, but I was still shaking. Now, Daniel stood. He, he'd lost strength. He'd gone weak at the knees. He, he, he couldn't stand anymore. And yet along came this messenger and, and, and said to him, I've come with news, stand. Now here's the thing. Well, actually, here's two things. I'm feeling good today. Number one, the messenger had come and said, I bring you news. He didn't say it was good. But Daniel stood, yeah? Secondly, Daniel stood before he'd heard the news. He stood in faith. He stood in obedience. He stood with this posture of, listen, I'm gonna give this one more try. Since we're being real this morning, let me put one more thing on the table. Not only had Daniel not received the miracles he was praying for, for 80 plus years at this point, but he stood. Not only did he get any mention of whether this news was gonna be good or not good. Please don't bring that slide up until I'm ready for it. Go back, thanks. Um, but at this point, when he stood, 
he hadn't even received any confirmation that God had even heard his prayer. Ever wondered if God's heard your prayer? Because I'm not talking about answered it, I'm talking about heard it. Because surely, (laughs) if you've got any reason to lose faith, it's not even knowing if God's heard your prayer in the first place, right? Some of you have heard of uh, email, which is fast becoming not new technology, but nevertheless, with email, you can uh, set up your email account to, 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 to send red receipts to people. Now, don't do that because it clutters up people's inbox. You can set up your email, your email, to request red receipts. Don't do that to me because I will block that every single time because I love you and I don't want to clutter up your inbox. Now, with uh, Apple of God, I don't know if, uh, if Android have copied it yet, but um, with, uh, with Apple, I know that you can even send up, set up red receipts from a text message. Someone sends you a text message and, and, and you can set up so they get a, a red receipt that you've not only got it, but that you've read it, right? Now, I don't do the red receipts thing on emails. I don't do the red receipts thing on, um, on, uh, on message. I do this thing, a little bit old school, I know. I do this thing, it's called a, a reply. Okay, reply. Super Steve, writing that down. Let me say, reply. See, Super Steve, this is the era in his life where he's not very super. Um, he doesn't reply. And, 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 and I nagged him for a long, long time. Buddy, come on, man. And I hit him on every, with every if, if he doesn't reply on email, he'll get a text message. If he doesn't re- reply on the text message, I'll hit him up on, on Facebook. If it's, he doesn't reply on Facebook, he gets some, some love and harassment on Instagram. But he never replies. And so one day, it just got too much for me. So I went to Renati to, to dob on him. And, uh, and I said, Renati, Super Steve, when it comes to replying, isn't very super. And she said, what do you mean? He replies to me all the time. So, so I discovered that if you want a reply from Super Steve, all you have to do is marry him. I wonder why it took me that long to figure that one out. But here's a question. When you pray, even before God answers it, wouldn't you love it if He sent you a red receipt? Huh? That'd be pretty cool. Just, okay, God, I'm willing to wait, but, 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 but can you throw me a bone here? At least tell me you've heard my prayer. Can we just kind of like tick that box? And the problem is God doesn't even send red receipts. Well, He doesn't, but there's a reason for that. Relax, Daniel. The dude from the sky continued. Don't be afraid. From the moment you decided to humble yourself to receive understanding when you were 14 years old, even though you're now in your 90s, your prayer was heard and I set out to come to you. 
Did you read, did, is this in Chinese? Let me read it for you in English because you don't seem to have kept up with me. From the moment you decided to humble yourself to receive understanding, your prayer was heard. This is true for Daniel. This is true for us. He didn't say your prayer was answered, but your prayer was heard. God sends us a red receipt, but He doesn't send us a red receipt because it's just a promise that He's heard our prayers and He's deciding how and when to answer them. And we need to stand in faith in the waiting room while that's happening. But the uh, dude said, I was waylaid by the angel prince of the kingdom of Persia, aka the devil, the enemy, and was delayed. Hello, hello, what? Hang on a minute. For a good, how long? Three weeks? Coincidence? Hmm, I think not. For the exact same length of time that Daniel had dialed up the intensity, had taken up the urgency, had gone to a new level, fasting and stinking, for that exact same length of time is the exact same length of time that the enemy stepped up his opposition. Sometimes the waiting and what we do in the waiting shows not just us, but the devil, how much we really want that. And we dial up the intensity and the urgency and guess what? So does He. Because He doesn't want you to get a free kick. He doesn't want us experiencing His breakthrough. He doesn't want us experience God's best. He doesn't want us experiencing God's promise. He doesn't want us to get to the finish line and receive the promise, the miracle. He wants to, to shot block that in, in, in the process. And just when Daniel stepped it up, so did the enemy. Well, that sucks too. Except, but then Michael. Now, Michael, we know. Michael was like, like the, 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 the chief of staff of, the, of, the, of God's armies. He was like, if you needed something done, something big, you sent Michael. And Mike made it happen. So God didn't play games. He didn't just send some scrawny, mangy, featherless angel. He sent Michael. And Michael looked suspiciously like John Travolta without a shave in this. But that's another thing for pop culture reference. The people over 40 are laughing. The people under 40 have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, okay. But then Michael, one of the chief angel princes, intervened to help me. And I left him there with the prince of the kingdom of Persia. You know, this is important for you to understand. Just because you can't see anything doesn't mean God's not doing anything. And that's one of the reasons we are called to not live by sight, not live by circumstance, not live just by the one dimensional perspective of what we see, but we need to tap in to the spiritual realm that even though it seems on the surface that, that, that nothing's happening, something's happening. Even though on the, the surface, it doesn't seem like anything's shifting, God's working behind the scenes to get you through the waiting room into the promise, into the miracle. Just because you're not seeing anything doesn't mean God's not doing anything. And this is what Daniel did. I opened my mouth and I started talking to the messenger. When I saw you, Master, I was terror stricken. 
My knees turned to water. I couldn't move. How can I, a lowly servant, speak to you, my master? I'm paralysed. I can hardly breathe. And, and, And some of you today are in the waiting room. And some of you today, this is your current reality, that you feel paralysed, that you don't have the strength to keep going, that you are short on the breath that it's gonna need for you to keep moving towards your promise. Well, in a moment, I'm gonna pray for you. And and, and I'm gonna pray that you experience what Daniel experienced right here, right now, that Daniel experienced many hundreds of years ago. Then this human-like figure touched me again and gave me strength. You can read a book, you can listen to a podcast, you can have a great faith-filled conversation and and, and God can use all of those things. But you know one thing that God can do as well is, is just one touch from God can give you what you need to stand again, can give you the strength and the courage, just one touch from God. And in a moment, I'm gonna, for those of you that are still waiting and you're struggling and you're losing hope and you're feeling paralysed and you can hardly breathe, I'm gonna get you to stand. Stand before you see the promise. Stand in faith. Stand and I'm gonna pray that you this morning, right here, right now, will experience one touch from God. Don't be afraid, friend. Peace, everything is gonna be all right. Take courage, be strong. And even as he spoke, courage surged up within me. And I said, go ahead, let my master speak. You've given me courage. (laughs) He still hadn't answered the prayer. (laughs) But it answered a prayer. The prayer of, give me some strength to keep standing. Give me some strength to keep waiting. Give me some strength to keep trusting. Fill me with confidence once again that God will do what He said He will do. And spoiler, God ultimately did after only 80 plus short years. So those of you this morning that need a touch from God, that need God to give you courage again that you are in the waiting room and, 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 and we get real this morning acknowledging that waiting sucks and you may be feeling like you're losing hope, maybe feeling like you can't wait anymore, that right here, right now, I want you to stand, like literally now, I want you to stand. Before you get the answer, before the promise becomes real in your life, before that miracle happens, I want you to stand. Good on you guys. And, and our music team are gonna sing a song and it's gonna come as no surprise that this song is called Stand. And it's a declaration of faith. And I don't know what you're standing for. You know, God knows. That's the beauty of this. You don't have to write it out. You don't have to put the T-shirt on. But whatever it is this morning, my prayer is that while we sing this song, that you open up your heart, open up your life, open up to God and allow Him to open up the windows of heaven to just give you one touch. That's all you need to say, keep standing, keep 
waiting. Keep believing, stand in faith. And those of you who aren't standing, that's cool, stay seated. But let's all sing this song. Let's all worship God. Let's all declare this together. And, and then at the end of the song, I'm gonna pray specifically. And then, uh, and then I'm gonna give an, an invitation for some other people to follow Jesus this morning.